it's the ninja addiction. And I had the same thing. And so has many people, right? I've had people that had no problem quitting heroin that have had problem quitting weed. And I myself, I was addicted to meth once in my past. Yeah. And I had, I, I got off that pretty easily and weed was this huge issue. And what it really points out though is how everybody's so different and they've got their own background, they've got totally. their own baggage, their own perception, their own chemicals in their body. We're all different like genetic wise and life experience wise. So you just can't judge other people. And if there's a million people saying they have a marijuana addiction, I mean, listen to them. You know what I mean? Don't just shut them down. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of the Your Mate Tom podcast is brought to you by Bear Blends. For the past four months or so, me and my girlfriend have been experimenting with Bear Blends quite a lot actually in terms of like in the form of tea, smoking it, vaporizer. This one's called Mick Mick Cherry. And it's funny because I've been using Bear Blends for all different reasons. Like not only mixing it with my weed when I was when I was smoking weed, but it actually stands on its own, like it really does. For those who don't know, Bear Blends is the premier line of organic herbal ceremonial blends, which you can smoke, make a joint out of it, put it in a pipe, so smoke a bong, whatever you're into. You can also make it into a tea, as I just stated before, you can vape it if you want to go vape nation style. Now, depending on what you're looking for, because they all have sort of these different highs and effects on your body and mind. I've been getting like all my mates into this. My seniors have been obsessed with them. I um, took them to a small music festival and people like were mixing it with their weed and they were loving it. And that's what's really cool about it is that not only does it work for a substitution, like if you want to quit tobacco or weed or even if you just want to have it by itself and you're not trying to quit anything, you just want to enjoy like a nice kind of ceremonial high, whatever you want to call it. And I probably shouldn't be saying this because this is like a cannabis addiction episode, but even if you are smoking weed, it's actually really cool to mix it with it. Not only does it make it much smoother because, you know, weed is notorious for being quite harsh on your lungs, but it also gives you like these different nuances on getting high. Like for example, like some of the blends that I would recommend, Vision is my personal favorite. This has got like yerba mate, ginkgo, and all that kind of stuff. It's more of a stimulating, clarifying effect, right? So if you mix this with weed, it's like, you know how weed gives you this kind of hazy feel sometimes, you can't think as clearly? This is sort of like clearing the smoke and it's like you can just think better. So you're high from the THC, but you can also just think on a better level, you know what I mean? Like a more optimal level. And of course, I'm just speaking for the stoners here, whether you smoke weed or not, this is awesome. Moon is something that I'd recommend if you want to create more of that creative vibe sort of thing. So if you want to play music or create art, this is like the best stuff for it. And on the website, it does say that it's specifically made for women, but hey man, we all have feminine, masculine aspects of ourselves, right? And of course, mint is awesome because who doesn't like peppermint? You can check the website. It's all like organic, it's all legit. And I wouldn't stand behind a company if I didn't believe in it 100%. The people who work there are actually really genuine, awesome people. And I do want to thank Bear Blends for supporting this podcast because they're helping fund this channel and helping me do what I do. Go to bearblends.com and use the code word YourMateTom at the checkout for a 10% discount. On to my next guest, Tristan Weatherburn. He's an awesome dude who's like, um, not only was he a former drug dealer and hardcore weed addict, like wake and bake, smoking bongs all day, every day. Like he got himself in a very heavy situation, which we go into in the podcast. But now he has one of the most popular programs on controlling your weed habit and helping people all around the world. Like this guy has a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And whether you're a weed smoker or you're not, whether you have a problem with weed or not, I think that there's a lot of value for everybody, right? Because addiction doesn't just apply to drugs or weed or heroin or the hardcore stuff, it applies with everything. And like Gabor Mate says, addiction is about dealing with the pain, not necessarily like getting hooked on a drug itself, you know what I mean? And I know that a lot of people don't think as weed of, as a legit addiction, but they obviously don't understand, guys. Like Tristan says in this podcast, He's met heroin addicts and meth addicts who found weed to be much more difficult to quit. I can attest to that. And I've met many people who have gone addicted to the most hardcore fucked up drugs, got themselves in like a really dark hole. And even they would admit that weed has been hard for them to quit. Now I'm not making any generalized statement about weed. I love weed. It's my favorite drug in the world. And if I had to choose a drug to be legalized, it would be weed easily. This is not me hating on the plant. I've just personally had a more destructive relationship with weed and it's really about that it's about controlling your habit and having a healthy relationship with mary jane and you know some people don't have a problem with smoking weed 
just like some people don't have a problem with drinking alcohol, but it would be pretty silly for people who don't have a problem with alcohol to just say, alcohol isn't addictive, you know what I mean? Because then it devalues people that do have a legitimate addiction with alcohol, right? Just because you don't have an addiction with it, it doesn't mean that other people have a real problem, even if it's just in your head. Just remember that gambling addiction is all in your head too, but people lose their houses over it, you know what I mean? And again, whether or not you have a problem with it or not, I think you're going to gain a lot of value from this episode. Even if you just want to understand and have more empathy for people that do struggle with weed addiction. That being said, again, Tristan's an awesome dude. Show him some love. If you want to connect with him, I'll leave links in the description box below. And if you want to find another way to support this channel directly, then check out Patreon or get some merch. But anyways, guys, enjoy the podcast. I do want to hear a bit about yourself, though. I haven't had uh, time to like look into you too much. I know that you've got a YouTube channel and you've talked about quitting weed a few times. Yes. Yes, and that's why it's difficult. It's like I've made videos quitting weed. I'll quit it, and then for whatever reason, I'll just like go straight back into it. Like I'll have one joint, and then that'll just trigger everything again. I'll just go full force back into yeah. it, and then it's yeah. like, and then it's, it's yeah, and then it's embarrassing talking about like yeah, this is how you quit weed, and then here I am, I fall back to my own addiction, and it's which like, yeah. everyone's done, and I had the same story as well, a bit long ago now, but. That's what people relate to anyway, right? Yeah. Because that's the story everyone has with weed that has a problem with it. Anyone that's Googled quitting weed or anything like that, that's the same story. So I wouldn't be too shy about talking about it. It's really, <laughs> really common. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, uh, well, we'll just get, get to it anyway. But like what I found, I don't know, it's weird because I've been, like, I've been an alcoholic. I've been addicted to cigarettes and like I've quit all these like hardcore addictive uh, habits, but then when it comes to weed, for whatever reason, it's just like uh, it just has like this magnetic pull, and then there yeah. I am. Like, I think it's because know? it's because the difference with weed and everything else, harder drugs, and even alcohol, is that they affect your life so dramatically and so obviously. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas weed has the two pronged effect. So one, it's really mild; it's easy to do daily, and a lot of people hold their life together doing it daily. Um, and at the same time, it numbs you to realizing what's really going on. So it's like the two, it's the ninja addiction. And I had the same thing. And so it's many people, right? I've had people that had no problem quitting heroin that have had problem quitting weed. And I myself, I was addicted to meth once in my past. Yeah. And I had, I, I got off that pretty easily and weed was this huge issue. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. like that. And then it's funny because like when you start talking about weed addiction, I get these comments all the time like, oh, well, that's not a real addiction or it's all in your head, blah, blah, blah. Wait. <laughs> get addicted to heroin and that's a real addiction and they'll kind of like devalue your addiction and I think that makes it even harder with especially with weed yeah you think I don't get those comments yeah of course <laughs> I've seen I've seen your comic comment sections I'm like Fuck, yeah you must receive a lot that. of hate <laughs> I, I do but it's fine and it's and what it really points out though is how everybody's so different and they've got their own background they've got totally. their own baggage their own perception their own chemicals in their body we're all different like genetic wise and life experience wise so you just can't judge other people and if there's a million people saying they have a marijuana addiction I mean listen to them you know what i mean don't just shut them down <laughs> yeah and i get it because i used to be like one of those overly sensitive stoners that would defend yeah, me this habit. like oh it's, it's a plant it's not a drug it's not bad for you and then i would just look at look at her and i'll just point it to like the harder drugs yeah to yeah kind of make sure. i think we all better. did that as teenagers especially. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you think that's like a big thing of like when you start like the age that you start smoking weed because i've noticed uh, based on my own observations that the people who start smoking weed much later in life, like Joe Rogan, for example, he started when he was 30. And for whatever reason, he doesn't have that the same problems as someone like myself. He started at the age of 12, which is like really, really young and my brain's still developing. Like, do you think that plays a big factor? Yeah, because, well, someone like Joe Rogan or whoever that started when they were 30, They've already got everything else as routine down pat, you know what I mean? So if you're starting, if you've got to actually develop and become an adult as you're smoking weed, it's going to be a little harder for you to get routine going, you know, to really know who you are. If you start when you're 30, you already know who exactly you are. You've already got routine, you've got finances sorted, you've got all of that. So it's not really, yeah. I don't think it's as big of an issue. Yeah, I think the younger you start, the more likely you're going to have a problem with it. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, tell us your story, man. Like, how did you start this journey and where you are now? Like. What, where, like, when did you start smoking weed and when did it, when did you notice it became an issue for you? Well, I started smoking when I was like 13, 14. Okay. Um, and I kept, you know, I, I got into it really, 
really young, I started selling it. And for me, that was kind of a lifestyle thing. I just wanted to do, I don't know, I was just, it appealed to me. But, and so I dropped out of school really young. I started doing that, selling weed. Uh, I went, developed into kind of, I joined like a buying group and there was all four of us and we would all buy our weed together to get it cheaper and then we would sell it to everybody. And then that kind of fell apart in a really dramatic way um, and it made me quit the selling part. So suddenly I was this customer and then I could kind of see how I had nothing else going on in life, you know, because mm. I had massive, massive apathy. I thought I was okay. I thought, you know, money's fine. I've got friends. I've got all of this, but it was all based around marijuana. And as soon as that was taken away, I didn't really have anything else, you know, mm, like part of your identity. It, yeah. Well, especially with jobs and things like that. So I just start, start all these different jobs and they were all paying much less than I used to than what I was used to. Mm. So I, it wasn't, it wasn't cool for me to just suddenly go down to $20 an hour or something. So um, that left me feeling really lost. I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? And then I really noticed that weed was a really difficult for me to quit. I couldn't kind of move on from it because it was part of my identity. And then I realized that a lot of people that I used to sell to also had the same problem. And they really, they were, they, everyone was trying to quit. And then years would go by and they'd try to quit again. And <laughs> it's the same pattern everyone goes through. Yeah. So when I did the research, I was all like, everyone's saying marijuana is not addictive. But I was like, well, hang on, you know, I just don't believe that from my own life experience. And, and everyone I know smokes weed and has a problem or has trouble quitting anyway. So, yeah, that's why I created the program about it. And now we've you know, helped tens of thousands of people quit. And I talk to people nearly every day about quitting weed, like yourself now and a guy just before you. And yeah, so, so yeah, I guess I went from like drug dealer to drug healer. Yeah, right. That's so cool, man. Like I actually bought your program a while back and oh, it helped me, yeah, it helped me um, just kind of understand it a little bit more. And I did quit, but like I was just saying to you before, again, I, I fooled myself into thinking like, oh, but I can, hopefully I can just have one every once in a while and then it'll just trigger all those old patterns i don't know do you think that you can like for some people that you just can't have a healthy relationship with weed or is it like some people are just doomed to be addictive or should it be like an all or nothing kind of thing or like what's your approach well, on that it, it everyone's there's no right or wrong there's just um you know there's just actions and consequences from your actions so of course if you have a healthy relationship you have to define what the healthy relationship mm. me, means to you and what lifestyle you want to live and all of that type of thing so for someone, many people say they've got no problem with weed and they're sitting at home on their couch playing their PlayStation or whatever. And it depends what you want out of life, right? If you just want to, if all you really need to do in life is like remember your PIN number to your ATM, you know. <laughs> if you can do that and you live in Australia as well where they're going to pay you to do nothing anyway. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's kind of where it's at for a lot of people that I used to know and they're still doing it, right? Yeah. Um, so when I go and visit Australia, which isn't often, maybe once a year, yeah. uh, I go see them and, and things don't really change very much for them. So that's really all you need to do. But if you want more, if you want to suddenly uh, make something of yourself or, or you know, write books or go on traveling or whatever the hell you want to do, I don't know, um, then suddenly it's a different thing, right? You're going to need to adjust and, and maybe now marijuana is a problem. But for a lot of people yelling that weed's not a problem, they're not really doing that much. And some of them are. I'm not saying they're not. They're all like that. But yeah, it's it's a really personal thing. It's a personal relationship, and everyone's different with it. But I don't know. When you got the program, did you read the Quitweed timeline? I don't know how long ago you got it. Uh, got it. Oh, maybe nine months ago. Yeah. So the timeline might not have been in there now. Then. Okay. But it talks a lot. It talks about each day and what to expect each day from lots of people that have given me their daily diaries or whatever, and have broken it all down into what happens. And like you were saying, after, you know, so for the first month is the challenge. That's what we always do. You've got to get through one month and then reevaluate where you're at. For sure, yeah. And, and then a lot of people make it through that and then three, six, nine months later they relapse. And it's not because they've got the craving. It's not because of any of that. It's just that they've forgotten how much of a big deal it was before. And so they relax themselves with it and then they go back. Yeah, know? and that first high is amazing. It's like, oh, you know, weed's not so bad. And then you kind of fool yeah. yourself. And it's like, yeah. Well, talk about a tolerance break. You know, if you go six months <laughs> without, of course it's going to be a huge high. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people do it then and then they just feel guilty. And that one relapse can actually be, you know, can actually help them because they don't actually like the feeling. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing how it works out. And weed these days are a lot 
more potent than what it used to be. And you also yeah. don't even know what you're getting, especially, well, in Australia, it's still illegal, so you don't know what strain you're getting, you don't know what the THC, CBD content is, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. Whereabouts in Australia did, did you come from? Uh, in Canberra. Oh, in Canberra? Yeah. So I'm the only one, everyone here asks me where you're from, and they're all like, Perth, because everyone here's from Perth. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's like a couple hour flight. Um, and then they're always like, oh, Melbourne or Sydney? And no one's even heard of Canberra. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's capital city. <laughs> but I'm the only, I'm the only Canberran here, man. <laughs> the Canberran, yeah. <laughs> and how what are you guys thought? You're Melbourneites, aren't you? Yeah, Melburnians, <laughs> I think. Melburnians. <laughs> Either way, it's yeah. <laughs> um, like, what's the legal status in? Uh, like, I know it's illegal, but I mean, like, you know how some states are much harsher on weed than others. Well, like, definitely they... Canberra. Canberra's its own state, ACT, as you know, and it's it's decriminalised there. So anywhere in Australia, that's probably the least criminalised you'll find it. Oh, okay. Um, so the law is still there, but the cops don't don't enforce it very much. If they find you guys smoking in a car in a park or something, they'll just tip it out. They don't really care. Yeah, I've heard um, that. Yeah. The difference with um, ACT and not ACT in Australia is you can get something called a scone, which is a simple cannabis offence notice. So that's like a parking ticket. It does nothing. It's like a fine. So there's no court case. There's no none of that. It's just here's a ticket. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I've never seen I've never seen one happen, but that's the difference legally. I've I've there. had that before. What, what they call the caution. I got caught with an ounce of weed, which in some states in America would get you in prison. And yeah. in this case, yeah, they just took it from me, which is very upsetting, and they gave me a caution. And I think yeah. five years after that caution, it just resets. So now five years has passed. If I get busted again, it will just be a caution. Like, it's just a slap on the wrist. Not even, don't have to pay yeah. a fine, nothing. I'm not sure what happened with mine. I got caught once um, pretty badly, I guess. Not really that badly. Um, but I had like 40-something grams all weighed up in like 50s and Qs. Yeah. And and I also had a gram of meth, and they caught both of those. So it's definitely like this guy's selling, right? Because they're all divvied up and everything. But then when I got to court, suddenly they were saying I only had 24 grams, which was below. That's now personal use. It takes me out of drug dealing down to personal use. And the meth was nowhere to be heard of. Really? So the, the police yeah. just took the meth, and then they put down the, the weed down to personal use. So they knew I wasn't going to complain, right? I was fine with it. I'm like, yeah, keep it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, five years later now, that's off me as well. So yeah. Yeah, cool. And how do you like, I know that it's different for person to person, but how, like, how would you advise someone whether they should go cold turkey or whether they should like cut down weed? Like what's the approach for someone that does want to quit cannabis? And I know some people don't have a problem with it. That's fine. I'm not one of those people, unfortunately, but like, yeah, how do you approach that? Well, it depends what you're talking about with, with different things, right? So I teach people about gambling, alcohol, and marijuana. Yeah. With weed and alcohol, almost the opposite. Alcohol, you need to cut down gradually. Um, alcohol is one of the few things that you can you can quit cold turkey and you can die from that, right? Yeah. If people are if people it's drink crazy. a lot, yeah. And they do generally. People that want to pay for help with alcohol drink a lot. So with that, it's cut down gradually. With weed, it's always cut down cold turkey. Okay. And you might have a, you might be too scared to do it today or whatever. But always, when someone like is interested in quitting, I always tell them just to put a quit weed date. And if they're terrified, make it a month away. If they're a little bit scared, make it a week away. If they're not scared, make it tomorrow, whatever. And then you cut down up until that moment. And then once that moment hits, it's cold turkey for sure. Okay. And in that moment between when you've decided to quit and when you actually your quit date, that's a really good time to like monitor your smoking and think about what it is that triggers you. And try to get to what that feeling is because that's where the real strength comes from. And that's what made me obsessed with this whole self-control thing. Um, and that's generally what it is now. And I just teach self-control because that's how I've been managed to do what I've do. And it's all come down to self-control. Um, I don't care how educated you are or anything. If you've got self-control worked out, you can you can do so much. And uh, it, it comes down to that moment when you know you want to smoke, right? You're, you're a stoner. You, you say, I'm going to quit weed, right? Right. And then you relapse and there's that moment where you're like, oh, I'm about to go chop up. And you know you're, you know you're fucking up, right? You know you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> but you're still, you're still getting up. You're out of your seat. Your scissors are in your hand. You're still doing it, right? Yeah. And it's in that moment where you've got a real big opportunity to gain self-control because you can just put it down, sit away from it, and be with this feeling and really investigate it. You know, Really decide what is it controlling you and why is it controlling you. 
Mm. And if people just do that and sit with the moment, like I don't use the word meditate because it's got a lot of, you know, baggage with it. But just sit and do nothing and and observe your own body, you know, what's going on inside you and why the hell are you being controlled to do something that you apparently don't want to do? You know, Mm. it's a really trippy thing. Self-control is a really trippy thing. Yeah, it is. And like like you said, everyone's different. People have different addictions. Like, you know, I've been able to quit one of the harder addictions, but then with weed, it's like, which apparently, you know, because you have a lot of stoners who claim that it isn't addictive or that it's just a mental addiction, but, you know, whether it's a mental addiction or physical addiction, it doesn't really matter in my mind. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter if it controls your behavior, but it is a psychological addiction, but it has physical withdrawals when you quit. Yes, so I've noticed you that. You do have, yeah, yeah you, you have trouble sleeping, right? You sweat in your bed when you try to sleep. Um, you know, the bed sweats. So you have insomnia, you have that. You know, deep, Some people have different things, headaches, shaking, emotion, right? Really strong emotion. Some people start crying a lot. And that's just because they haven't had felt felt emotion in so long, yeah. And it all comes rushing back. So these are physical symptoms when you quit, but it is the addiction itself is psychological. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like because um, me and my friends were doing uh, we're, we're just quitting weed for thirty days this month. Um, what date is it? Whatever, twelve days in, whatever. Um, and I've noticed that the withdrawals actually started to hit me really strong, day six which I found interesting. Like the first few days were tough, but it was from day six and everyone would agree. Like um, just dreams started to become way more crazy, like more irritable, more like this shit starts coming up. And like, I don't know, it was just how, like how long does weed actually stay in your body? Do you know? Yeah, well, it depends how long you smoke for, but if you're an everyday smoker or whatever, um, you're looking at 30 days minimum. And that's, you know, you can do things to bring that down, like the detox that, that I talk about in my program and also just exercising and sweating if you go to the sauna. All those things can help get it out quicker. Um, but the what you're talking about, like the physical withdrawals, so if you read the quick read timeline, it's day three where it says, all right, from this day forward, and it's subjective from everyone, but from yeah. day three to day three to day seven kind of thing is when it sort of all of this stuff starts to happen, right, where you've actually been a few days without it. So the dreams kick in for most people around day three, four, five, something like that, um, and the sweating and the insomnia, and they all last different amount of times. You know, the bed sweats can last anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, but like you say, like it's different for everybody. It depends where you've mentally placed it, so how it, how it affects you psychologically and physically as well. Not only how often did you smoke, but how strong the weed was, how many years since you started, right? If you've been smoking one year or 10 years, you're gonna have a different experience quitting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just all so subjective. Yeah, because I've heard some people who've smoked, you know, I got a comment, of course, it's all subjective. I don't know how much you can believe a YouTube comment, <laughs> but they said <laughs> they, they smoked for 25 years and the only withdrawal he got was just a little boredom. I don't know if I believe that, or maybe it's true, or maybe he just wasn't addicted, addicted, but. But did he smoke every day? Did he? Did yeah, he apparently. Give you all the details. Well, he was a daily smoker. Well, again, I, I would, I would be inclined to believe that he's probably bullshitting himself more than giving me all the details. But who knows? Well, I don't know. You know, I'm open to he, it. But... He could be real, but yeah, more likely the chances he's defending marijuana out of emotion and he's got an attachment to it and he likes it, so you know he doesn't want anyone putting it down. But there are people as well, like I had a dude I was coaching once and his brother was talking to me and he went eight years, he was smoking every day for eight years and then he quit no problem. And his brother smoked for less than that, tried to quit and had a huge problem. So it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's a psychological addiction. Of course, it's going to affect everybody differently. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, weed as well, because even the effect, it's not like, let's say, alcohol or, you know, like speed, you take speed, you're going to get energy or if you drink alcohol, you're, you know, you're going to feel a certain way. But with weed, it has, it can have such a drastic effects on people and it is like yeah. sort of like a mild psychedelic in that aspect where it just kind of amplifies certain parts of yourself well it is a psychedelic you got so alcohol's a downer yeah you know speeds an upper and the psychedelic's kind of sideways and whether it takes you <laughs> left like... or right you, you're gonna end up in a different place you know what i mean whereas everyone can agree on speed everyone can agree on alcohol exactly and weed, weed's a subjective thing because it kind of takes you with it mentally you know what i mean and what, what do you think that is when people get so overly defensive with weed in particular? Like, I've never seen it with any other substance. Yeah, I think so, because with every other substance, they know, right? A heroin addict knows they are better off if they quit. <laughs> yeah. They know it. They're just not prepared to do it. It's a right. different thing. 
uh, and alcohol as well. Everyone knows, you know, um, cigarette smokers will get defensive, but they know inside that they're wrong. You know, mm. every cigarette smoker knows they made a mistake when they started smoking. Every cigarette smoker will stop their child from smoking. They know that they know that they fell into a trap. But with weed smokers, they 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 get that relaxation, or they get the what they perceive as a boost in creativity, and they're all uh, there are many you know perceived benefits to weed, I think. So I think that's why it is. Yeah, and it's it's, it's natural, and you know the natural argument's funny because you know there's many there's many poisons that are natural. I mean, like since when is nature a great thing? Yeah, uranium it's, is is natural. It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cuz I, so I used to use that I used to use that 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 excuse me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I was so defensive about it cuz I sold it. It was my lifestyle. <laughs> and I was in a unique position where everyone I knew smoked weed. Everyone I hung out with. It was a prerequisite to know me. You know, if you if you were a sober person, it was kind of like, oh, you don't smoke weed, like I, oh, so we're not going to be friends. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I'm like that. I was like that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I got very defensive about it. I defended weed a lot because it was part of who I was. Yeah, even like daytura, that's natural. That's a natural plant too, and that's uh, daytura, and yeah. that'll make you do a war. Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah, sends <laughs> most people into a psychosis. So, but of yeah. course, and I know a lot of people are getting super triggered right now, like we're attacking weed or whatever. And it's like, of course, it's an, it can be an amazing plant. It's like a tool, like anything in life. It's like a tool. It can be used for good or for bad. Exactly. Exactly. And anyone that says that to me, I'm always like, I got nothing against marijuana. The no, only thing I got, I, I got a problem with is the marijuana habit. Yeah. Right. I, lo- it's I the love. I love. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because I love weed as a plant. <laughs> I just dislike my personal relationship with it, you know. And I don't know about yourself, but and this is a this is a controversial thing I say that surprises people sometimes, but it's true. Is that I'm kind of glad that I smoked it when I was younger. I I, I think that it it gave me an open mind. It it really showed me a different perspective of the world, mm. and I kind of see things differently. And I think I've carried that through in life to where I am now. You know, like um definitely you know, yeah, just running running online business, traveling the world, doing all this stuff without any. Um, not the formal way that people would have done it with a job or whatever like that. I feel like, um, you know, weed kind of helped me get that open mind to do that. And, you know, I'm still glad I quit um, and carried the benefits with me. Uh, but And that's that's the real benefit of life. If you can do that and then quit and then go ahead as a sober person, I think it makes you, um, it gives you a, an open mind and a different perspective about the world. But yeah, quitting can sure. be so difficult once you're so deep in it. And that's why I help people with this stuff yeah it's so true because like I, I was like i'm the same like when i smoked i just it made music sound better food taste better more open-minded to movies to music to people and opened up my whole world in a lot of ways and i agree it probably served me a lot during that time when i did start but then of course <laughs> it got a little bit out of hand yeah and if it's given you those perspectives in the past you, you carry them with you anyway yeah because i sure. think that i think that one thing you said there was like I don't know if you said it, but less judgy. You, you, stoners are a lot less judgy usually yeah. when it doesn't yeah. comes to things that aren't with weed. Most of the time, they are very open-minded. They're happy to talk to anybody. You know, they, they don't they don't have a massive ego. So um, yeah, I think that weed does help you get that kind of way of thinking. But again, you got to quit to actually take action to do something with it. For for some people. Yeah, yeah. And well, I can only speak for myself, but I found that the things that weed gave me in the long term, it, that's the exact thing that it took away. Like, for example, it helps... Yeah, what it gives you with one hand short term, it takes away the other hand long term. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's, you know, like Tim Ferriss says, there's no such thing as a biological free lunch. So there's always going to be a give and take with any substance that you take. And um, with weed, for example, like it would help alleviate my anxiety. It would give me less stress. I'll be less angry in the short term, but then in the long term, it will contribute more anxiety more frustration and even just now like i'm the one of the biggest withdrawals if you want to call it that is just i'm a lot more agitated you know what i mean yeah yeah and exactly then, exactly and, then, yeah. and that's and you figure out short term as soon as you've smoked a joint or a cone or whatever it's all good you're so super relaxed right you're <laughs> yeah. so super relaxed but yeah it's long term it's stealing that from you and then i'm thinking i'm like fuck, i've, I've always identified myself as a really laid-back person <laughs> i'm like there's probably just a cannabis in my system because right right now i don't feel very laid back i'm like just yeah I just yeah pit, every like these tiny little things would just piss me off but of course i'm still going i'm like not even two weeks in and it takes a while 
you know. It takes a while for your mental and your physical to to balance again. That's all it is. So you think you're agitated now. You're just agitated compared to where you were yeah. when you spent all the time, right? And yeah, once that sure. recalibrates, you'll you'll be fine. You just relax right into it. Just got to ride the wave. And uh, it's like what you said even in your program. I found it very interesting. It's like once you set a date and you make that decision, like, all right, from this day on, I'm just going to stop for 30 days. And that's what really helped with me and my friends. We're like, all right, November, we're calling it Lucid November. We're going to stop for 30 days and then see how we go from there. And you know, we all made a pact as well, which made it much easier because if I relapse, I'm not just cheating myself, I'm cheating my friends. And you don't want to be that guy, right? So Yeah, it's it's... I think it's really cool to have a quitting group unless you've convinced that person to do it. So if there's only two of you and you're the one quitting and you convinced your stoner friend to quit with you, oh, yeah. you're you're dragging a chain with you that, that might backfire later. And then as soon as they relapse, you've got yourself an excuse to relapse as well. Yeah, of course. But if you've all done it as a pact as a group and you're all into it and you're keen and you're dedicated, it's really helpful, I think. Uh, we're, we're on the same page with all that kind of yeah. stuff. And like, yeah, yeah and we joke about it all the time. It's like, fuck, man, we'd be able to quit all this shit. <laughs> but then when it comes to weed, it's, it's crazy. I remember going to Vietnam. I went on the back of a motorbike into like the slums to pay 50 US dollars for the shittiest gram I've ever smoked in my life. And I was like the happiest person ever. Like no regrets. Like that's how like hooked I was. It was fucking crazy, yeah. man. Which, by Where the way, were you in he, Vietnam? Um, Hanoi. He, he tried to charge me $200. And I was like, fuck no. 50 was not Oh, good. wow. Yeah, man. And it was, horrib- had- it was horrible weed. But I was like over the moon to even have that. <laughs> I was in Vietnam six weeks ago. Whereabouts? And someone, someone offered us weed in Hoi An. Hoi An? What was that? Hoi An, just south of Da Nang. Okay. Yeah. It's like the it's like Venice it's got all these boats going through channels and you know ah, really nice fair enough. I haven't been there yeah yeah really nice type of place but yeah this dude offered us weed and I had a look at it it, was, it looked like really good weed it didn't yeah? look bad oh mine, yeah, looked, mine right. the one that I got was like just looked brown <laughs> yeah well that's why I looked at it because I thought it'd be really bad I just assumed Vietnam would have really crappy weed uh, but you know like Indonesia has, yeah. Indonesia has really crappy weed you know I've seen it here as well um, and that's the problem with a lot with it in Australia and America. Uh, they're the two most common people that buy from me. Um, not Amsterdam. I would have thought more from Amsterdam, but it's not. But I think it's just also that the quality of weed is so much higher there. Yeah. I mean, Australia has great weed coming out of Adelaide. Yeah. You guys have really good weed. Yeah. Oh, you know, I remember going to Adelaide. It was pretty good. Because it depends. I remember I was watching a stand-up comedian, Irish Afia. I don't know if you heard of him. He's mates with Joe Rogan, and he said that the worst weed he's ever smoked in his life was in Australia. Oh, really? And he's like a weed connoisseur. And then afterwards, he made a, a podcast, apologized, like, all right, sorry, Australia, you don't have the worst weed in the world. I went to Bali. They have the worst. So congratulations. <laughs> you have better weed than the third world country. <laughs> Just giving a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it is really subjective, though, right? Australia yeah, does have good weed. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> But, depends you know, on the dealer, depends, right? Yeah. Depends on the dealer, exactly. It depends on your experience at the time. <laughs> of I course. mean, I bought shit weed once in Australia, like, you know, a few times. So, yeah. Yeah, and some people ship them over from, like, California, and you can get the, the premium premium weed as well. Yeah, right. And there are a lot, of, But there are a lot of dodgy dealers. That's what I, it, what's unfortunate about weed being illegal is that, again, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know how they're being grown. Some people spray it with chemicals just so it weighs more. And just like this, yeah. a lot of dodgy shit goes into it, you know, yeah. because I, I notice when I smoke, let's say, uh, when I've smoked outdoor organic bushweed, and it sounds really hippie, but at the same time, I can, it's very different, the high, and I just feel much better, less calm down, less cravings for it. And then when I smoke like the normal stuff, it just, I don't know, just hits me a lot harder. In not yeah. a good way. So what do you call normal stuff? Hydro? I guess, yeah. Most yeah, of it would yeah. be hydro. It's the cheapest, it's quickest to grow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's always hydro in Australia, especially. And that's the difference. That's where you get in Vietnam is outdoor, yeah. Bali's outdoor, Indonesia's outdoor. Um, and anywhere that's decent worth their, what they're doing is all indoor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the do- dealers are getting a lot more dodgy there. I remember I used to get a few dealers when we went up to Sydney a few times, and we bought, and we get a whole, we get we get a bunch of pounds, and there'd be weights stuck in some of them, 
weight. Yeah, really? so, soggy, soggy. Yeah, they'd spray it sometimes just to get the weight up, or even weights in, in the damn thing. Dodgy and you'd, you'd be dodging it out into ounces, and you're just like this fucking ten gram weight, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, so <laughs> it was getting dodgy like that, and that's why I got out of it as well because. For me, it was it was. I just went head first into selling, and then in Canberra, we didn't really have guns or anything. Like we didn't have, we didn't really have protection. There was four of us, and I guess Kev was kind of security. Um, but when we're going up to Sydney, I think we got ourselves a bit known, and then we had a big group of Tongans come down. Uh, you know, the biggest people in the world, oh, Tongans, yeah. <laughs> and they they came down and they took a they took a gun into my mate Donnie's place, and they just held a gun on him and just raided his whole house, took everything. Um, he rang me and said, just get out of Canberra. They're going to come for you next. And I said, all right. So I just went down the coast uh, for that weekend. And then they went to my mate's house and he got done really hard. And So it was getting a bit dodgy at the, where we were at, you know. Um, and was this like at the tail end of your week? This is when I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Your wake up call. Well, that, that was when everything went down. So yeah. Jazz, Jazz went to jail. He got raided. Uh, Donnie, who was the big guy with the connection, um, he didn't sell the most, but he had the he. We needed him, and he he quit. He went to Scotland. Now he's a deep sea diver in Scotland. Well, I haven't heard from him in a decade. That's what he went to do. Okay. Uh, my mate Kev got killed, and Fuck. What yeah, for? And, then, and then I got by the Tongan guys for like twenty grand for nothing. Really? Yeah. Fuck. That sucks. So it was all yeah. it was all getting serious, you know. Up yeah. until then, it was all play, it was all fun and games. It was just little Canberra. And in Sydney and Melbourne, you guys have got gangs doing stuff, so it's you know. Yeah, it gets pretty hectic because like you. It's not. You, yeah, it's not as fun. Off, yeah, it starts off fun in games, like ah, oh, it's just like this harmless thing, but then more and more like serious people get involved, and yeah. yeah, it can be pretty hectic for sure. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I was saying because you were saying the deals get dodgy. I was saying you'd be much better off buying a deal from me back then than the Tongan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You would have got I, a much I wish better. I, deal. I wish I knew you back then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was good, but yeah. Yeah, because it makes a difference when you actually got like a genuine... Because I know you find those dealers, like I don't know, like for example, those hippie dealers or whatever that like want to give you like the best stuff and they feel happy. It's like, yeah, how do you like it? And then you have other dealers that's just whatever. They just want profit. You know, they're selling all these other yeah. drugs and weed's just the, you know, the they just do it anyway. It's just easy money or whatever. For them, they're thinking about the money for themselves. For me, I don't know, I had quite an ego back then and I wanted this good reputation, you know, so I'd always give you the extra gram or whatever, you know. Um, you know, yeah, so <laughs> it was probably an ego thing that drove me. Yeah. And like from all the um, clients that you have, what's the main issue that you find? Like what usually pulls people back to like to relapse on weed? Oh, I thought you were going to say the main reason people quit. Which is apathy, by the way. It's always oh, apathy. Oh, this people don't. Quit, then I changed my question. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, apathy. People. So the reason people quit is because they, um, they're not where they think they should be in life, right? Whether that means financially or health-wise or, or relationships-wise, right? I should be married with kids and a house and a car and a career and all that, and I'm living at home with my mum in a basement with no money. You know, that's mm. that's that's the. Um, dissonance that makes people quit that's yeah that's but, true that's like that's the reason why i quit over and over again uh even this time like you know my life is together my health is in top notch i've got an awesome girlfriend friends group i run my own business and i have all these things that, which is like really awesome but at the same time i know that if i removed weed from the equation it would just go up that next level and i, I know yeah, exactly. that deep in my heart yeah exactly yeah. and a lot of people in your position will just compare themselves to people they know and say well I'm, I'm doing always. better than them yeah always. yeah 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 that's the main but excuse you gotta compare yourself I've got this I've got this and that person's got that and it's like yeah exactly you can only compare yourself to who you were right who yesterday. you would who you would be yes um, exactly and I had to do that same thing and for me I was like I'm, I'm alright you know I'm still kind of together I'm still kind of I can still think and stuff like that um, but yeah once I just quit and committed to it did the month turned that into a year just went crazy with it and I don't think I'd be sitting here if I didn't you know I would have come up with excuses and I'd still be in Australia and, you know. yeah and like what kind of um, what were the main effects that you noticed or negative <laughs> effects that you noticed from long-term cannabis use from long-term cannabis use so i was worried a little bit about my mental and memory yeah. um, i since learned that you can get that back pretty quickly if you quit marijuana doesn't affect you forever with that type of stuff oh really so um, you, so it doesn't affect your memory forever 
Because sometimes, no, no, no. sometimes I get worried. I'm like, fuck, what happened if I've just fucked up my, my memory? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I felt yeah, like I could yeah. be smarter if I didn't smoke. Well, there's studies that say that, that weed can help you grow new neural pathways. So whereas most people get very set in their way of thinking, this is the way things are. Yeah. With weed, you kind of spread those thoughts out and you get smaller neural pathways but more of them, right. which gives you an opportunity to develop your thinking in a different way or in a more open-minded way. Um that, that keeps more doors open, right? Okay. But, you know, the problem with weed is you don't walk through the doors. You don't actually take action. So you might think of the greatest ideas and you just never do anything with them. So, you know, um, <laughs> I, was life, worried yeah. I, was, I was worried about that. I was also worried about continuing to go back to selling. So I had my SIM card, which everyone used to ring that phone number, and I couldn't really put it away because, you know, I'd put it down and be like, all right, I don't sell anymore. And then I go a couple of weeks and I'd be like, well, shit, I, you know, people are trying to ring me to give me money and I couldn't. Mm. So I had to sell my SIM card just to get it away, get it away from me. You know, I had to do that. And so that was a big defining moment for me where I'm like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the game, whatever. Um, and then it was just about trying to actually get go to work. And I was like, why am I so different? I can't sit here and do work where everyone else is happy to do the same thing eight hours a day. <laughs> for the rest of their life. And I wasn't cool with that. I tried every job in the world and uh, some appealed more than others, but nothing I could think I wanted to do every single day, you know, for the rest of my life kind of thing. Um, so that's where I was just quit. I was like, I really need to get some sort of business together and I really need to take a lot of action. And I knew weed was stopping that. So that for me, it was just about action, taking mm, action. Fair enough. And you also asked, you also asked what's the most, the thing that brings people back into it. Yeah. And it's just routine, not replacing it. So a lot of people kind of quit and then there's something missing, right? There's just a feeling of something missing. Yeah, for uh, sure. And that's, that's the only thing they know how to, to fix that is weed because weed just takes you away from all feelings, right? So you get this anxious feeling of something missing. You know weed will fix it instantly. Uh, just to play so devil's you, advocate, what about those people who would say like it helps them uh, be more attuned with their feelings and it helps them meditate and stuff like that? Well, don't quit. Do what you do. If it's not a problem, if it's not a problem, I don't force anyone to do anything they don't want to. Right? Yeah. I, I, I speak in a certain way because I know I'm speaking to a certain demographic that have already known they, they want to quit and they're having trouble with it. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you still want to defend weed at me, then go smoke weed. Like I, I've got no problem with that. You know? Yeah, that's what's funny actually because I just made a, a recent video of just you know kind of documenting my process of uh, quitting weed. And the whole video, I'm literally just talking about my life and my relationship with weed, not making any general statement, yet people still have the need to kind of defend their habit. And when it's like, dude, I'm not talking to you. Like, if you don't want to quit, don't quit. That's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, some of the coolest people I know are stoners and like, it's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. And I've got, well, I've got a disclaimer on the front of all of my videos. Yeah, um, most which, of them anyway. Which I'll have which, at the start of this one, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just put the disclaimer in. It's just a ten-second thing that just says, you know, if you don't have a problem with weed, it's cool. You know, I don't have a problem with you. And it's true. That's yeah. all you need. And some people don't. Some people genuinely can smoke weed all the time, and their life is yeah. fucking awesome. You know. Yeah. I'm not yeah. one of those people, and sometimes I envy those people if I'm honest. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. The thing about when you quit is like a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to quit it forever or anything like that. Yeah. So you just take that out of it. You're like, all right, I'll do it again later when I know that I've quit. So you just go one month and then after a month, maybe you can commit to another three months. Mm. But you make that decision in a month and you just baby step it up. And the, the further you go, the less you're going to want weight. It's just how it is. And if you go long enough, then you, you, of course, you can just have a smoke and then it doesn't mean anything. But you won't enjoy it as much. You know, it's not this reliance thing. But, you know, yeah, I'm just talking about people that, yeah. Like yourself, yeah. like you and me, people like you and me. <laughs> exactly. Have, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's all we're talking to, right? It's a different, it's like kind of past versions of ourselves in a way. Because I know that there are a lot of people I, who generally want to quit. And I got a lot of people like, hey, like, you know, that I helped them a lot, just even me opening up about it and inspiring others to quit. And of course, others aren't in that same boat. And that's cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, back, but going back on the whole relapse thing, um, yeah, why do you think? Like, what is that thing that just pulls people back? Just, you know what I mean? Like, they have one joint and even if they've gone, like, there have been a time where I've gone one whole year without smoking weed. And then, of course, for my one year anniversary, I'm like, I'm going to reward myself for smoking weed by yeah. smoking weed. So, you haven't yeah. changed your thinking because you're still seeing it as a reward. It's a silly, it's a, it's a, it's a switch in thinking. Yeah. So, you know, in the video, it teaches you, if, in, in the program, it teaches you, if you, if you, 
relapse in the first couple of days, the problem is that you really didn't make the decision. You really didn't commit at all, right? If you relapse in the first couple of weeks, the problem's probably a detox thing. So it could be like a physical part of you that's that's still craving what it's used to. Um, that's just the, you know, we've got the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex in your brain and the amygdala is just trying to keep you alive. And all it knows to do is to do what you've always done because you're alive. That worked. That's all it knows. Yeah. So that's all it is, right? And it's a detox thing. But if you get rid of the chemicals and everything out of your body, you start feeling really fresh and that can be kind of your new addiction. That can be what you now don't want to lose. And then that's a different way of thinking. If you go past a month or two months, three months, and then you relapse, the problem wasn't the detox. The problem isn't, you know, that you made the decision because you've made it that far. The problem is that you didn't replace it. So you get some sort of anxious feeling. Say you're just sitting on the couch watching TV and that's a trigger for you. You used to always smoke when you watch TV or whatever, right? Yeah. YouTube could be a trigger. Um, but if you replace it, say you've introduced a new uh, activity that has a new social circle in it that has nothing to do with weed. So say you quit and then you're like, all right, I'm going to play basketball once a week or something, right? Hopefully something physical which is a really good thing to replace it with. Something that helps you with money, health, or relationships. Yeah, yeah. So if you do that, suddenly you don't have a problem with it. So when I get a coaching client and I'm talking them through the addiction or whatever, I'll always ask them about money, health, and relationships and which one is the biggest problem for them. And what I'm trying to identify is just any trauma. Now, when people hear the word trauma, they think it's, you know, you've had a car accident or you've been in a war or something like that. But trauma is just, you know, if you get sad, you get sad. That's fine. If you're still sad next week over something that happened a week ago, that's trauma. You're just carrying an emotion with you through time. Oh, yeah. We're all carrying thousands of traumas, whether they're little or big. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But some of them are big to you, right? Yeah. It's, you, you're going to calibrate it so something's big because it's all you've got to go on. And whether that's money, health, or relationships, or whatever it is, that's a good way to kind of find what it is. Um, it's good to really talk about that because if you get the emotion out that is contributed to that trauma, the addiction can just go like that really quick. Because usually what it is is you're just trying to escape an emotion, a feeling that you get. And yeah. whether you call that frustration or anger or sadness or, you know, anxiety or whatever you call it. Um, yeah, you try I, I can that. relate to that, yeah. Yeah, sure. that's what that's what keeps you coming back. So yeah. you say, what if it's back? It's if it's you know, if it's been a while and you're continuing to have the same problem, it's probably some mild trauma that you've carried through life. Yeah, for sure. And like everyone uses weed for different reasons, of course. You know, yeah. and different emotions that they're trying to escape from. For the people who are addicted, of course. And yeah, like just looking back now and just basing on the with. The withdrawals, if you want to call it that, is like a lot of agitation and anger, and that's the. Ex and I was a super angry kid, so much full of rage, and weed was that thing that just, oh, just made everything feel okay, and because I had no. Control. Yeah. And when you're a kid and you're living with mum and dad, it's like you have no control. You know what I mean? You don't want to. I, I hated school. I didn't want to be here, but yet I didn't have control to kind of live my own life. And now I do, but it's still carrying those little, those emotions that I carried as a kid. Yeah, I'm just trying. Yeah, I'm just like realizing all this kind of stuff now. Maybe that's a good tell. Is that when you do stop weed, what's the emotion that comes up? And that's most likely. The well, thing that's that what I'm talking escaping. about. That's the whole thing with self control. And this is how you get self control in anything: is you just sit and be with the feeling. Yeah. And you judge what it is. And once you do that long enough, you can control it. But people don't do it. People hate doing it. It's it's painful to do it in the beginning. Yeah. Um, until you realize the benefits that come with it. Yeah, you got to allow that emotion to process through. yeah so you sit down and be with it so you, you you want to chop up weed and you don't want to but you're going to so you sit down you be with it what's the emotion what do you call it there's there's a hundred different words you could call it uh, that we name negative emotions you know is it anger frustration anxiety what do you call it and then where is it in your body is it in your heart is it in your gut where is it you know mm. and just analyze it and just see why is it controlling you and is the weed really going to help you and is it going to help you long term and you just run that through your mind and then it's really hard in the beginning, but it builds up like a muscle. You get stronger and stronger at it until eventually you can overcome. You can you can gain control. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's even like now, like I don't actually have any cravings for it, and that's only because I've made the decision. Like, no, I'm not smoking weed this month, so that's yeah. out of the question. I'm not going to do it. But yeah. shit comes up. It's, like, it's still uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, the the thing you you'd want to do after 30 days is really sit down and think, what now? Yeah. Because if you don't do that on day 32, you're going to smoke, right? And that might be cool with you, it might not, but stop and think about it on day 29 or 30, right? Okay. 
yeah and how would you approach that like just what what do you mean like me think about what i'm going to do from there like yeah, are you going to do another? Or... Are you going to do another month, or are you going back to being a stoner, or what do you want to do from that point onwards? Do you know what I mean? And then you make the decision again, because like you've said, the reason that you've got the power now is because you made the decision, and it's only thirty days. Yeah, that's what the program teaches you to do too—just only thirty days. But then on day thirty, you got to think: Are you going to do another thirty days? Are you just going to do it once a week? What, what are you going to do, and how are you going to control it? Mm. Well, my intention for it is like I would like to get to the point where I can just control it, like genuinely control it and have it every couple of weeks, maybe once a month, maybe even uh, less frequent than that um, because I, I don't want to go back to being a stoner. It just doesn't serve me anymore. And I've so that been that's where you've got to have that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where you've got, you got to sit and have that, that conversation with yourself on day 30 because you're saying like, oh, maybe once a week, maybe, well, what is it? Is it once a week? Is it once a month? When specific, do you decide right? that you've had yeah. a problem? Yeah, because if you don't, what's going to happen is day 32, you're going to go, oh, should I smoke or not? And then you might not. And then day 34, you do. And then mm. day 38, you do. Then day 39, 40. Then 41, you're just back to every day. Do you know what uh, I mean? Because you're just going to go back to the routine that you know. One month's not long enough to create a new habit. It's true. Right. Yeah. And I've heard, so, that, and and I've heard that weed can stay in your system up to three months even. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's can. a long time. What is it about yeah. it? <laughs> I, I've even well, known that as a kid. Like weed seems... stays in your system longer than any like po other popular drug. It's like it's really weird. Yeah, the metabolites store in your fat cells, so they actually go inside your fat cells. So then, as you burn fat, it gets released again, okay. which keeps you keeps your tolerance with it and keeps you used to having it in your body. And then suddenly, when that runs out, now you you still want to smoke again. So that's why a lot of people can go a month, two months, three months, and then they relapse anyway, right? Yeah. I've realized that exercise definitely helps a lot because you get yeah. that high from it anyway. And Well, uh, then you're getting yeah. dopamine naturally. You just need another way to get dopamine. Yeah. Exercise is the... And, I've been, forced, and I've been forced to just create more, just make more videos, edit more, all that kind of stuff, that creative uh, energy that I sort of get from weed. I know. Yeah, and that's a big... Uh, benefit I get out of it and a big motivation I have for helping people quit weed is because you know a lot of them have just so much energy directed in the in in a non-productive way mm. uh, even in school school was too slow for them so they just they had to slow down with these weed to do that and then you know maybe now they're so addicted to it but if you take that away and replace it with business or health or whatever they can go crazy with that, you know, and they can be future leaders. They can really help a lot of people if you get them into the right position or whatever, right? Totally. They can really, they can contribute to society in a big way because they've got so much drive. It's just directed the wrong way. You put it the right way and it really helps. Yeah. And it's just, um, I've just observed this about you and myself as well. It's like sort of gone full circle because when I was younger, you have no idea how many people I influenced to smoke weed for the first time. Oh, I me pushed it to everybody, even the people that you would never think would smoke weed, and I basically shoved it in their mouth. Like, dude, just smoke yeah. it, smoke it, you'll love it. So many people, and now I'm like <laughs> helping people quit. It's funny. Yeah. It's like sort of, you know, you're a dealer and you, you know, have it like a quit weed program. That's just, I just found that funny. <laughs> it is it is funny. And I wonder what I would have thought of me, you know, if me, if me at 21... <laughs> Heard me talking about this stuff now. I don't. I don't know how I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, what a douchebag. But me, but Weed's me at like awesome. twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, but me at twenty-five, I might, I might be open to at least listen to it. Yeah, it's funny with yeah. that because there, there is a like a massive uh, weed culture, and it's like any time I talk about weed, that's where I get the most resistance. Even yeah, though, yeah even if I'm just talking for myself, and it's just interesting. Um, with, cause you know, you've been making like videos on weed and with this whole program and stuff, what's the most or the biggest misconception or the first thing that comes to mind that you hear people say about weed? The biggest misconception? Yeah, misconception. Or just, just untrue fact. Yeah. Probably the most common would be weed's not addictive at all. These are people that haven't even thought about 
physical or psychological or the fact that gambling's addictive. Yeah. Nothing goes. What the hell's physically in gambling that makes you? Yeah, addictive? imagine saying that to a gambler. Like you know that gambling's Gambler's not addictive, right? It's all in your mind. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This guy's just blown his life savings on yeah. roulette. And it's funny and when people even it. say that. Like it's all in your mind. It's like imagine if you you could say that about anything. Like depression. It's all in your mind, bro. Or this is all in your mind. Like this whole well, reality. That's what is I always say. Is, <laughs> I say yeah, but let's not belittle your mind. Yeah. You know right. what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a, a big huge deal. factor. It's yeah. a pretty big deal. So there's that. Uh, there's no tar in marijuana. A lot of people say that. Um, there's a heap of them. You know, we've been. There's a ton of them. Yeah, I've noticed and, that. Yeah, I have a mate who smokes like weed all the time, and he like, man, he's coughs. It, it concerns me. Like it's really bad. Yeah, and I used to have a lot too when I was selling, and they'd cough up big blog black wads of crap. You know, yeah. privately. In- bathroom you'd hear them do it like you know they go to take a piss and they go <laughs> and you know they're just spitting them <laughs> yeah it's nasty i used to cough like it's that so I, nasty. I was like that when i smoked cigarettes i had like uh early symptoms of like emphysema where i couldn't even have take like a deep breath and that was almost my my wake-up call 10 years yeah, after I, smoking was i had it i had call. it on and off <laughs> weed as well yeah um I used to spin my weed with tobacco, so it could have been that as well. Yeah, me too. Well, it was just all yeah. of it. Just all of it. Yeah, most Still, people in Australia do that. It. They'll they'll mix yeah. it. they'll mix it with tobacco, and which makes it even that much worse, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Because when I quit smoking cigarettes, that's when I went to green and just smoked. Yeah, I didn't mix it with tobacco anymore. I just smoked it green. Um, the way I used to think about it when I sold was that if you if you were to just have a cone, I used to smoke cones with bongs, right? We didn't yeah, do course, joints. Billy's mate. <laughs> Billy, Billy's mate. So Aussie. So Aussie. Um, and everyone I knew did. It was all bongs. Joints were a waste. That's wasting. Yeah, it, I right? said that. To, it's, tell what's funny is that I smoked bongs a year before I had my first joint. Oh, me too. Like, which is like crazy in most parts of the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to just drive around just smoking in my car, just smoking bongs everywhere in my car. It was like next to my handbrake, which was always there, you know. And then the police would pull you over for something and you'd like put it down and you'd but, think they can't smell it. Yeah, of course they can smell it. Of course, but, um, yeah. I used to always say that. I remember if you smoked a bong of just tobacco, it would hurt breathing in. If you smoked just pure weed, it would kind of hurt breathing out. But if you mm. smoke it like 70-30 or whatever, 60-40 or with weed being That's dominant, true. of course, then it would be smoother, you know. That's what I used to say when I was a weed connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I just don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, I used to just go to like neighbors' houses and like cut the the hose and just make homemade bongs all the time. Yeah, oh, we did that all the time. Not even the neighbor, <laughs> some random person with a with had a garden hose out the front. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like yeah. bongs are the the what? It's like a next level thing compared to joints. Like it just the high just hits you instantaneous. Well, you get addicted to that hit as well. Yeah, yeah, and I know I noticed that. Like some people, uh, I had a lot of old mates who said that it's not even weed that I'm addicted to. It's bongs. It's that hit. It's that ritual. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I found that even, even though I'm just telling you I'm I'm quitting weed now, but compared to what I used to smoke, like I, I smoke like tiny little joints. I ration it, but I still smoke. Well, I I used to anyway. Used to smoke uh, more than what I should have. Um, but some people take it way too far. Like I've been to that stage where like the wake and bake, smoking bongs all day, every day. And then I had to quit bongs altogether. And it's been like maybe seven years since I've had a bong because I knew that it's like that, that's the thing that's actually damaging more than even just joints. Right. Yeah, it hurts, some, hurts yeah. your lungs a lot more and you get a lot more addicted to that. Yeah, And for sure. everyone will say that. You can have a joint and it's kind of, it keeps you cool for hours. You know, yeah. you're actually okay. It's a slow with rise. A bong, you know, with a like bong, a, it's like a ritual, yeah. you know. And you know people have got a problem. I used to drive from house to house, everyone smoked weed, right? And I'd come in and I'd know that they'd be a good customer if the bong was on the coffee table where they watch TV. <laughs> because then it's just constantly being consumed, you know what I mean? It's not. It's not a... It's not like they have a bong and put it away and then they're good. No, it's a it's All a ritual. All the time, yeah. And a lot of people have yeah. the springers. I remember that. Um, yeah, but yeah. some people would even like go to vaporizing, you know. And I'm I don't know if I'm if it's if I'm lucky or not that vaporizers existed when I was younger. But apparently, it is much better for your lungs. But it would be much yeah, easier it's to a get weird, away with. It's a weird school. thing. Yeah, I remember trying vaping when I was younger. I didn't like it. It just yeah. didn't have that same didn't have that same hit. But the thing, the problem with vaping now is, it's the whole it's the it's the totally new thing. You grow up now and you grow up when we did. It's different, man. Like they 
they do the vape pens now, so they're between classes at school. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm lucky that that didn't exist when I was a kid, because at least when uh, we smoked yeah. weed, we'd have to escape yeah, it school, was an event. get off, yeah, had, get off the yeah. premises. This is an adventure. We're going to this spot, <laughs> yeah, you know. Exactly. And that, and I noticed that's when weed became much more destructive. Is when I became older and we had access to houses. So then we became catch potatoes. Whereas when we were younger, yeah. at least we went on adventures and we had exercise and we went out, you know. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and the vape pens. Yeah, people. I'm sure I, I would have definitely smoked in class. Uh, yeah, in between definitely, classes, no doubt about it. So I think it's it's less it's less bad of a hit for your lungs or whatever. But if you're doing it constantly, it's it's worse for your mind. The, the psychological addiction is going to be a lot stronger. Well, there's a given. Everything balances out in one way or another. Everything. Yeah, done it. Done it. It's like. Yeah. Um, or what are your thoughts on edibles? If like, would you ever recommend someone to just switch to edibles? Just... Well, no, it doesn't work because if you, I don't know if you remember back when you were really smoking weed a lot, and someone's like, just switch to edibles. Edibles are kind of an event; they're not like a daily thing you do or no. anything like that. It's even it more doesn't... of a psychedelic, isn't it? The the edibles. Well, it's it's that body stone, right? Yeah. Now you're just completely useless. Whereas <laughs> yeah. at least if you smoke a joint, you can go to work. Yeah, and now they've got like, now they have like gummy bears and shit. I've heard in California, like really, really super potent shit. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if you heard that video of the guy. He he made pop brownies. He was a cop, and then he freaked out and he thought he was dying. Then he called the amp. He called the ambulance. And he says, "I'm ODing." Yeah, I I hate marijuana. I think I'm dying. Time is going by really, really, really slow. I know the guy on the phone should have just said, "Mate, you're stoned." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, not, it's like you'll be fine, man. No one's ever died from it. <laughs> yeah, but it shows you how much your perception is reality in your mind, right? Yeah, if you for sure. if you've never smoked weed before and you just got the feeling of being stoned and you thought you were dying, you're in trouble, man. Like you're gonna have a health problem or, or something, right? Your heart might skip a beat or something. Um, you can really hurt yourself with your mind. So when people say, "Oh, it's all in the mind," it's it's a it's a weird thing to say. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some people can have really severe uh, reactions to weed as well. Like, I've seen people who've had one hit of a joint and had a full-blown psychosis, you know? Like, yeah. crazy shit like that. And then other well, people, that doesn't affect them at all. So, it's just, yeah. It's, well, it's I made a video like a week or two ago and I was talking about that. My uh, my uncle, step-uncle, whatever he is, he smoked weed once and he went crazy, man. He had to go to the hospital. He was speaking gibberish. He couldn't be talked to. Wow. Like, it messed with his head big time. So, he never smoked again and he's fine. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard that too with, um, why well, we had an old friend that we used to hang out with and, yeah, he just smoked too much weed and then he ended up getting schizophrenia. Like, yeah. Yeah, like real crazy shit. And then, of and course... And that's in my, this, I don't know if you've listened to the audio program, there's a guy in there that got psychosis and he thought he was Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Yeah, he was the Messiah sent to save us and all of this. He believed it. I've had a friend of a friend who said that too, yeah. He's the second second coming of Jesus. That's what he said. It's all good if you say that when you're high and then you're back to normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this guy guy stayed Jesus. That was different. What happened to him? I don't know now. I don't know. I guess still Jesus. I don't know. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, Well, for just those who are listening at home, and it's something that you've said before, I think it's if you the best chance to quit weed, number one, you have to really want it, right? And what would you recommend, like, uh, first practical steps for someone who just, you know, it's like, you know what, I'm sick, this weed addiction is getting out of hand, I I want to, like, control this habit. So as soon as you have that thought, you need to run with it and create momentum with it, right? It's pointless to be like, I really want to quit, and then you just smoke or you go back into routine, and then the next day happens. Mm Because then you're just on this... You're on this treadmill and you're never going to get off it. So as soon as you have that thought next time, set a quit date and just set it for a month away default if it scares you. If you want to be you know, heroic, then set it a, a couple of days away or somewhere in the middle, like a couple of weeks. And then just between – and then write that down. Write down your quit date. In the program, we have like a quit date contract that you've signed with yourself or whatever. But you, you could just write down the date and say, this is, I'm going to quit on this date or whatever. Just make sure you know the date. Put it in your phone on your calendar or whatever. Right. Write it down. Yeah. Write it down. Get it out of your head. <clears throat> and then, so tomorrow you, you can look at it and go, oh, shit, I really did make that commitment. And then between now and that time, just really watch 
what it is that's controlling you because obviously you're not in control if you've if you've decided you're going to quit and you know it's a big deal you're not in control so you need to get control and the way to do that is to kind of analyze how you're feeling in the moment when you do it so you're going to go smoke weed you give yourself a five minute delay you say i'm not going to smoke for five minutes and in that time just five minutes i'm going to sit here and be with the feeling and, and feel it and with the five-minute delay technique, a lot of the times that's enough to overcome a craving because cravings don't last five minutes. They, they last two or three minutes. Yeah, it's like a wave that goes past. You just need it's a wave, it, but it know. comes back. It comes back yeah. half an hour, 20 minutes later. So you might get through the first one and then 20 minutes, half an hour later, you, you, you don't get past that one. Yeah. And that's cool. That's cool because you haven't quit. You quit dates later. And then, but you continue to do that and you're building up the strength to be able to quit when you want to. And then when you do quit, you're only quitting for one month. It's not forever. Mm. Right, so you just quit for one month. Yeah, no um, big deal. A month, it's not. It's not impossible, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're only here for so long, right? I mean, your life. Your life is not long. Nah. If you can't take a month off weed somewhere in your life, I mean, you know, <laughs> do you really want to quit or not? Do you yeah. want to? Do you want control or not? Yeah. So yeah, a month isn't a really big challenge. And if it is, you break it down even further. Like in the quit weed timeline, it's just a three days. I'm quitting for three days. Yeah. And then the three days, it's like, all right, do it again and add a day. And now that's a week down. And then it's like, just do the week again. Now it's two weeks. And now you're halfway. Just do what you did again. Boom. Now you're at a month. And, and you know, mm-hmm. that's how you can trick your mind into, into getting it done. Creating that, and, that discipline as well. Yeah. yeah. And then at day 30, and this is where you've got to learn it. At day 30, <laughs> you make that, you, you sit down and think about what you want to do now. Yeah. You and I feel like that's, that's even like the most challenging part I found for myself. Because I've quit weed many times in my life. Like that's... Not like, of course, it's a challenge for sure, but yeah, it's more the going back and actually being able to control it. But I'm getting, but it does get easier. It's like you know, it's it's like a, I saw like a quitting cigarette ad that's always stuck with me. It's like never quit quitting. Every time you quit, it does actually get easier, and that's what worked with cigarettes for me. You know, that was a I good. Cig- that was a cigarette ad in Australia yeah. a few years ago. So, yeah, yeah, never, it was the never first quit one that I've seen that was like, wow, that's actually a really good message. Versus yeah, like, if you smoke, yeah. you're going to get cancer and your baby's going to die. Oh, shit. Like, it's like super extreme. Whereas this one was like, oh, yeah, this, it's true. It's so yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that you should say is that to take that into a different area is when you relapse, it's the only problem with a relapse. Let's say you've quit for one month and then five days in you relapse. The, the biggest problem with it is people beat themselves up and go, oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then they create this whole negative emotion, which the only way to escape is to go back to weed. Yeah. And when they do that, you know someone's doing that when they say, whenever I quit and fail, I go back even stronger on weed. Uh, and that's a really big indication that they're beating themselves up. And creating so that if program you re- as well. Yeah. So, sorry? Oh, they're creating that program by, even, by saying yeah. that. When I, yeah, when I go back, I go back stronger or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're programming himself just saying that, exactly right. Words so now. even if you do relapse, you just go through the next day and you don't even restart the days. If you only do it one time, you don't even restart the days. Just keep going, doing what you do. You're still on track. It was just a hiccup. And then if you do it again the next day, all right, you, you kind of did relapse. Let's restart the clock. But yeah, you don't beat yourself up when you have a relapse. It's just part of, you know, it's, it's very common. It's bound to happen. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. I just want to thank you again for taking the time doing this podcast with me. Um, is yeah, there anywhere? No Thanks is for it, Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, is there anywhere that people can reach you? Like, is there anything that you yeah. want, you, you want to plug or whatever? Yeah, well, I've got my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Tristan Weatherburn, or you can go to tristanweatherburn.com if you want to send me a contact email or something like that. Yeah, I'll leave all the links in the in the show notes below, so they'll be able to reach you. No problem. And maybe put a little disclaimer. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. trigger this warning. This video is not for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> a trigger warning. Chuck that in there. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on. All right, brother. Well, thanks so much, man. Hope you enjoyed this podcast, guys. Just like to give another shout out to Bear Blends for sponsoring this video. Show them some love and check out bearblend.com and use the promo, your mate Tom, for 10% off all purchases. Much love, guys. Catch you on the next one.